and welcome to another episode of Away to Hill, Utah. I'm your host, Dave Meekham, and February is Heart Month, and we get to talk about that today. And of course, we have our experts standing by, Danielle Forbes, Brett Mackiff, and Laura Holtrup-Cole with the HEAL program at the Department of Health and Human Services are joining us today. Good morning, Good morning. Good morning. And that's morning, Dave. <laughs> it's fun to have you guys here. I don't think we've ever done a podcast together with this group, so this is good. Danielle, I want to start out with you because you are our heart health specialist with HEAL, and February is Heart Month. And maybe you can talk a little bit to why that matters, what Heart Month really means, and why it's important. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Heart Month, as many know, is the month of February. And the importance of celebrating Heart Month and recognizing Heart Month is just that many, many people in the United States are impacted by heart disease alone. And as many know, heart disease is the leading cause of death in the United States. And one of the biggest contributors of heart disease is hypertension and cholesterol. And hypertension is where you have elevated blood pressure, two or more readings above 140 over 90. And the biggest thing that you can do for your hypertension is to just know your numbers and make sure you're tracking it on your own. So many insurance companies can actually reimburse you for purchasing a blood pressure cuff. And so you can track that on your own and get your readings daily and report back to your physician about what your numbers are and just basically make sure you're tracking on and doing everything that you can to monitor your pressure. And some other things that you can do for your heart health and heart disease alone is to make sure that you are eating healthy and getting enough nutrition as well as physical activity throughout the days. Right. So the first thing I heard there is that awareness is a big part of this blood pressure is something that if you have hypertension, you don't really necessarily know. You don't feel it. Correct. Hypertension is actually known as the silent killer in the United States because many times you don't know that you might have high blood pressure. And so that's why it's very important to make sure you're visiting your doctor regularly and doing all of these lifestyle changes that you can Right. And in extreme cases, there's even medication that can help treat hypertension. So the, the most important thing is that you know that you've got it and then you can do something about it. Well, I've got a question for you here because we have this joke in my family that we do have a, a, a thing with high blood pressure running in our family because not a whole lot of people run in our family. But is there a real good connection between, you know, a genetic component? Do you see that run in families? You know, I think a lot of times we do see the genetic component. I'm not 100% sure there is 100% linkage with genetics and it going down through the years, but you learn your habits from your parents and from your grandparents. So the fact that a lot of times your parents and grandparents may have lived sedentary lifestyles um, is a huge thing that might pass down to you. And then you realize that you're not as active and eating as healthy as you should be. 
Well, I'll tell you a story here because, you know, we're all about stories. Uh, I am one of those people who has high blood pressure and it is something that I have had to be working with for a very, very long time. So even the last time I went into to see my uh, family practice doc, yes, Dave, I did actually go because, you know, I've been a miracle that is, it is a little bit of a miracle. I'm like, I'm of a certain age, therefore I should spend a little bit more time paying attention to yes, even my own health is that the first time I sat down, the you know, the medical assistant, you know, put the blood pressure cuff on and and fired that thing up. And then she kind of looked at it and then she looked at me and looked at the machine again and says, I'm going to run that again because I have had high blood pressure for so much of my life. But it's been such an interesting thing to work through what really makes a difference. And for me, the amount of physical activity I, I put in makes a huge difference because, again, if you're doing a lot of physical activity, one of the benefits of regular, particularly uh, high intensity cardio, you're actually going to be, well, not just high intensity, but higher intensity over a longer duration is you actually grow new blood vessels and you distribute the amount of blood that's going throughout the body. And it's not just reliant on a couple main highways. We've got all the little, literally arterials running everywhere else. And that makes a difference in the long run for your management of high blood pressure. So for me, this is a huge topic because I know that this is something I have control on and there's something, there's so many things I can do and I'm glad we're actually here to talk about it. And I'm glad we have Danielle to work on this. That's an interesting point, Brett, because having control over something with your health is super important. We don't always have that. This is one of those situations where we do have some element of control and we can influence this. And Laura, you're going to talk about another one that we have total control over. Yes. Yeah. I was just saying, this is like a dietitian's like, um, I don't know, heaven or something, you know, playground because heart health and nutrition is so connected, right? It's so like cause and effect in a lot of ways. And in some ways we could even, dare I say, call it simple and straightforward. And I'm probably going to regret saying that. But anyway, we can do a lot to control our blood pressure and our heart health in general. And one of those things is, this is where if I could see everyone listening to this podcast, I'd say like, who has heard of the DASH diet? Oh, see, Brett Brett has heard it. Danielle has heard of it. So I think everyone has heard of it. But um, no, so the DASH diet is, for some people, something they're familiar with, or at least they've heard about. But even fewer people know what it actually is. So, And it's an acronym that stands for Dietary Approaches to Stop Hypertension, DASH. And there's a lot of research behind it to show that it is very effective in helping to lower blood pressure and control blood pressure. The thing about it is, personally, I think it's funny because it's so much this similar, I should say, to my plate and just general healthy eating. But kind of framing it in this way can definitely help people who are interested in their heart health. So, Laura, I know there's going to be some people out there that heard diet and heard you say it's healthy for our heart and they're just picturing right now that it's just eating rocks and twigs so maybe give us a little bit of help if i'm going to sit down and have dinner tonight and it's going to be a dash diet dinner what am i eating yeah well in addition to rocks and twigs um rice cakes and cabbage no just kidding yeah, it actually includes all the different food groups. So you're eating, and I say it's similar to kind of just the general healthy eating um, pattern that that we always recommend, um, because half the plate should be fruits and vegetables. 
And that's true of everybody, regardless if you're really focused on your blood pressure or not. So lots of fruits and vegetables. The DASH diet is famous for being really abundant in fruits and vegetables. However, it actually doesn't recommend any more than my plate does. But yeah, that's about two pieces of fruit a day and about three cups of vegetables a day. So you want to be getting those at, at most meals. And then dairy products are also pretty dominant in the DASH diet and specifically lower fat dairy products. And one of those reasons is because dairy products are a great source of potassium and also have some magnesium in them. And those can help kind of relax our blood vessels. And in that way, kind of like Brett was saying with physical activity, it can help lower our blood pressure just by increasing the volume of our blood vessels. Laura, I have a question. You were saying we don't need to eat too many rocks. Is is the sodium, the, the salt rock, one of those? Uh, you would find the loophole, Brett. Um, <laughs> people are going to be so confused. <laughs> yes. So just the pattern of eating that the DASH diet recommends is going to be naturally low in sodium because fresh fruits and vegetables are low in sodium. Um, whole grains are also on that list. But also it's good to consider your sodium intake or your salt intake. The vast majority of our sodium comes from processed foods. And so that's things like fast food or soup in a can, frozen meals. Those are all much higher in sodium. What's not really a concern is having the salt at the table for most people. I mean, if you have like a really, really severe hypertension, maybe it is worth getting really strict on sodium. But for most people, putting some extra salt as you cook is not a bad thing. What about for folks who uh, enjoy their dessert? Right. So this is where I'm convicted when I look at the DASH diet. The, the place where the DASH diet, I feel, is the most restrictive is in sweet and fats and oils. So um, the official recommendation is about three servings of sweets or desserts per week. And serving, you know, varies, but it's equivalent to a tablespoon of sugar or like eight ounces of lemonade, for example. So that's not very much. I know I get more than that generally, and I consider myself still eating a healthy diet. And then fats and oils also, whew, this is where things get a little strict, where it's only two teaspoons a day is recommended. So we're talking really quite low fat cooking. So we hear a lot about how some healthy fats are really good for our heart, olive oil, those kinds of things. How does that play in with the reduced fats and oils in the DASH diet? Great question. So the DASH diet is a specific pattern of eating that has shown to reduce hypertension. However, the average person walking around Utah could benefit from uh, parts of these things and not taking the DASH diet as a whole. Because we do know, not to discount the DASH diet, it's very effective. But we even call them, Dave, we call them heart-healthy fats. Right. Um, which is like olive oil and unsaturated oil. We could call them um, liquid oil or liquid fats. Really, any of those are heart healthy. So those liquid fats can be part of a healthy diet for sure and can be heart healthy. What we really want to avoid when we're thinking about overall heart health is a lot of saturated fat. Um, and so those are fats that when they're sitting on the counter, they're solid. So butter, coconut oil, and some of those fats that come from meat and other animal products. Right. You know, one of my favorite foods is avocado. And we know there's a lot of fat in an avocado, but it's good for you fat. So how does that play into the DASH diet? Oh, you're full of them, Dave. Yeah. Well, and an avocado can sit on the counter and it's 
solid, right? It's right. not liquid, but it's actually full of um, monounsaturated fats, which we endearingly call MUFAs. And they are very heart healthy. They can help um, lower our bad cholesterol. So they're heart healthy and they're a type of fat that can even potentially lower our blood pressure. So avocados are great. So we're talking in the DASH diet, lots of fruits and veggies, low fat dairy products, uh, good fats and oils, but still not in excess. And we're going to limit our dessert and whole grains. That's right. Whole grains. We always know that those are healthy for us. Why are they so important? Yeah. So they're wonderful because they have, one of the things they have in them is fiber and fiber is just so important for our digestive health and our heart health because it can literally bind to excess cholesterol in our gut and then we get rid of it. So it lowers our cholesterol in that way. And just coincidentally this week, Laura, we just posted a post on our Facebook page that talks about grains. There's so many different kinds of grains. And there's even a fun quiz you can take to see how much you know about grains and and how they can play a role in your diet. You can check yeah, your grain brain. brain. Yes. But like in a good way. <laughs> but in a good way. Brett, we talked a little bit about physical activity, but really we know how critical it is for us. But how much is enough? What do we need to do to address our heart health via physical activity? Well, if we'd been around talking about this since the 80s, we'd probably hear all sorts of things that used to be, make sure you do something every day, make sure you get 30 minutes every day, you have to get 30 minutes every day. And if you don't, it's going to be the end of the world. Well, the interesting part is when you go and look at the actual data to really dig into what are all the 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 studies that say, here's the, the things that make the biggest difference for how long you live, how well you live, and how effective you are at accomplishing your goals and whatever those goals are. And the most recent recommendations do not have a daily recommendation. They say get at least 150 minutes a week of moderate intensity physical activity. You go 150 minutes. Well, let's just take that for a minute and break it down. Yeah, it comes out to about 30 minutes, five times a week. But you know, in most cases, it's going to be as long as you get something in and do something I'd recommend every day because it becomes a habit. Then there's this additional benefit when you hit 300 minutes a week, which can be a little bit more and can be kind of where you fall, find a lot of our more athletic folks. But what the most interesting things that have been coming out of literature lately have been, it doesn't have to be all in one big bout. You don't have to get all dressed up and put on the fancy clothes and go out and do something that's organized. It can be little bouts. It can be something as, as simple as three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes. But as it adds up throughout the week, you become rather than a, I did my activity first thing in the morning. I don't do anything the rest of the day. I sit in front of the desk. It says, no, 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 no. Let's, let's play this game of taking exercise snacks. And breaking it up. And so every few minutes you get up and you move somewhere. You know, I, I sit at a desk a lot of the time. I will make a point that every hour, at least every 50 minutes, I will get up and walk around for five to 10 minutes, both for the benefits for what's going to be happening heart-wise, but also for positionality and how I'm feeling when it, I just don't want to soar back by the end of the day. And you go, how on earth is three to five minutes of activity going to benefit me? I will never be able to hit my goals of running a marathon. You're right, but you're going to be healthier. You're going to be doing well just by getting those exercise snacks. 
And if you need help, just set a timer on your phone as a reminder. My wife has an Apple Watch and it lets her know when it's time to get it up and, lets you know. and do something, right? <laughs> so there's all kinds of ways that you can remind you to do it. And it doesn't have to be, up. Oh, it's noon. I've got to go out and run seven miles. Exactly. Well, and this is an interesting one because my wife and I had this conversation just the other day. Uh, I like to clear my head a little bit. Like I've been doing a lot of real technical stuff lately and I've been really focusing on a couple of things where I just have to get up and do a bunch of squats. And she says, come in and get me. We'll do them together. You know, we'll be able to say, Hey, let's, let's do this, uh, this exercise snack together. Uh, Laura, I'm sure that the dash diet emphasizes a lot of water as well. And I'm sure that works well, Daniel, to overall adjusting that, I guess, maybe thickness of the blood, but it's honestly an interesting thing when you realize that if you drink a lot of water, you have to get up and go to the bathroom a lot. So there's a really good motivator. You don't even need an Apple watch. <laughs> Nature that's, has a way of letting you know. <laughs> that's better than a watch. Yes. My pet peeve, Brett, is I'll like get done lifting weights or like even scrubbing the bathtub and things I like break a sweat doing <laughs> if it's really dirty. And my watch will say, oh, time to move. And I'm like, I just have been moving. Choice <laughs> words were used. There's all kinds of things you can do. It may not feel like it today, at least not in Utah, but spring's coming and there's going to be an opportunity for yard work and gardening and all kinds of things that you can do that are going to get some of that activity into your life. If you're a gardener, you know, those squats are real. I mean, come on, that up and down and up and down. Good golly. Let's get training now. You get done after a day of gardening and you're going to feel it in multiple parts of your body, especially if you're not used to it. Well, I have learned a lot and I hope that everybody listening will have learned something as well. And we'll be back with another podcast later this month. Laura, you gave me an idea. I'm thinking that we need to talk cholesterol. Can I bring you back for a podcast? Kind of take a deep dive into that. That's the one thing about diet we didn't really talk about today. Yes. And I could talk for days about what to do with your cholesterol. So let's do that, Dave. All right. We'll probably keep it to a half an hour, but let's come back into a podcast here. And we're going to talk more about cholesterol and how that impacts your heart health. Danielle, did we cover the bases? What else do we need to know about heart health before we wrap up? Dave, I think we covered everything, but I think the biggest thing is just happy heart month and everyone make sure that you are monitoring your heart health and doing all things you can to prevent heart disease. Love that. And, and do it not just for you, you know, watch out for your spouse, your kids, your parents, you know, we have, kind of have to watch out for each other. And we all know that person <clears throat> Brett, that doesn't like to go to their doctor. So let's, oh, let's too real. <laughs> so let's give them that gentle nudge and let's help everybody improve heart health. Again, thanks for being here, you guys. This has been a great conversation. And thanks for joining us for this episode of Way to Heal Utah. We'll see you next time. Thank you.